Well, good morning and welcome to, to Antioch. Boy, we're glad you're here. Uh, it's, it's great to have you and uh, we're just excited to see what God wants to do. And we're just going to wait on him and pray he shows up. And I think he will. He showed up in first service, so... Uh, we do have, before we get, get things rolling too much, uh, got a couple announcements to let you know about real quick. Uh, first of all, next Sunday night at 7 o'clock, uh, we're having a special service down in Worthington Park at the gazebo. Um, it is a solemn assembly uh, prayer service. It's just a time to come together and pray and repent and just pray over our community. Um, and we're joining together with Ebenezer and Nazarenes and Shepherd of the Hills and uh, just some of the area churches to spend some time uh, in worship and prayer in uh, just repentance and asking God uh, for, for his guidance and mercy uh, for our community. So you're invited out to that uh, next Sunday night at 7 o'clock. And... Next, we want to let you all know uh, KidZone is planning to start up a uh, week after Fair Week. And so if you or a kid you know um, is uh, involved with that, uh, the registration forms for KidZone are out there on the table with the announcements that when you first came in. Also out there on the table is the bags we're still collecting cards for cops um, for any, we're just trying to encourage uh, anybody in law enforcement. And uh, so if you have a, a note or a card that you'd like to give them, uh, just to encourage them, tell them that they're loved, uh, you can drop that off in the bags out there. Um, and finally, we want to let you know that our church directory is online and you can access that through the, the webpage. Um, so you can have it really anywhere at any time. And uh, with that being said, um, hey, Adam, is the, is the uh, camera on? Okay. All right. So I was going to tell you how to get that, but I'm not going to do it because it'll be online and, and we don't want to just give everybody's phone numbers away. But if you want to know how to access the uh, website directory, um, there's a special way to access that. And the directions to do that are out on the announcement board out there. Um, so you can check that out if you're in the building, if you're out of the building, if you're watching online today. Uh, hi, glad, glad you're joining us. Um, if you'd like to know how to access the, um, the website to get the directory online, uh, text me, email me, call me, Brian at AntiochAlliance.com. Let me know, and I'll let you know how to get involved in that. Um, other than that, that's the announcements. Um, so, uh, just one reminder that if you could text and let us know that your family's here, um, just so that if anything happens, anybody gets sick, we can let you know, uh, and that's 740-400-0326. But, let's just pray and invite God into the service. Father, we just want this service to be yours. We don't come with any agenda um, or any plan. We just want you to be glorified today. 
And Father, I, I pray that, that in this time, in this moment, that we would just be fully here, that we would be fully present, that uh, we would be able to focus on what you want to do, that, that all the things that we've had going on this past week, uh, all, the, all the things that have stressed us out, frustrated us, um, all the things that worry us, um, even, even all the good things that have happened this past week, um, all the things that we have coming up, all the plans and, and all the, the things that we are worried about, about the coming weeks, the coming days ahead, I just pray that those things would be quiet now in your presence. I pray that you would search our hearts. That, that you would just show us anything that is going to keep us from being able to focus on you in the coming hour. That you would show us anything that's going to keep us from, uh, from being able to focus, being here and present with you. Just show, show, show us that. Maybe it's something we're worried about. Maybe it's a relationship that is, is broken. Maybe it's an attitude that we've just been holding on to that we need to let go of. Just ask God to show you that. And just as God shows you anything that you're holding on to that he's asking you to let go of, just just picture yourself handing it over to him, laying it down at the foot of the cross. Just whatever it is, picture it as a word that you're just holding on to and you just, on a piece of paper, and just put it down at the foot of the cross and get rid of it. Now just, just invite God to be here with us, to be here with you. Invite his Holy Spirit to just do whatever he wants to do. Father, I, I thank you that we can be here today. 
Father, I thank you that you are here with us. And I just pray that there wouldn't be anything here that, that hinders our ability to, to just be fully in your presence. I pray that the enemy would just be crushed under the weight of your glory and your holiness and your power, that your, your fire would just, would just decimate and burn up the enemy. I pray that you would send your angels to protect us from any distraction that the enemy would try to, to throw at us this morning. That we would just be able to be here to worship you fully in spirit and in truth. And I pray that you would change our hearts and our lives. I pray that, I pray that you would surprise us with how much you're gonna do in our hearts today. So Father, we just, we just give you this service. We want, we want it to be yours. And we're grateful that we can join you in it. In Jesus' name, amen. Well, uh, before the worship team comes up, God's been doing some cool stuff. God's on the move. And uh, one of the ways that God was on the move was yesterday at Move the Hills. Um, and so I'm just going to invite all the out-of-the-boat guys to come on up if you want to. Um, and just sort of share what God did yesterday and, and what, God, uh, what God was doing, what God is doing, and, uh, and just share. So, so whoever, if you're, if you're an out-of-the-boat guy uh, and want to just come up and, and talk a little bit about that, we'd love to hear uh, what, God's, what God's speaking to you, what God's showing you, and, uh, and just tell us about yesterday. How many of you were at Move the Hills yesterday? In some way, shape, or form. Yeah, it was a good time. Um, so who wants, to, who wants to go first? I see a bunch of pointing. Adam will go. Uh, these guys will have much better stories than mine, but I mean, I'll just start out with... Uh, just the generosity that people had yesterday to serve our community was great. Um, the engagement we had with the, the um, families that came for help, uh, you know, they were appreciative. You know, there was a sincere appreciation in their, in their faces and their conversations of, of what we were able to provide them. And it was just, it was humbling and it was a wonderful thing to be a part of. Uh, I know Fran will touch on it here a little bit more, uh, but it was awesome to see um, people in this church, uh, elders and their wives on their hands and knees, putting shoes on kids, people passing out food, water. Pastor Brian got specific instruction yesterday from Jamie that 
Nobody could reach in a water tub and get bottled water out. That was Pastor Brian's job just because of the COVID and all that stuff. So, or how are your hands today? Are they, <clears throat> so if he had any swelling in his hands, he got that taken care of yesterday because I think he probably dug out 300 bottles of water at least. Um, so that's your job again next year, by the way. Um, now, it was just a, uh, you know, we didn't have the, the concert piece of Move the Hills this year, but I'm still, I wake up the next morning and I'm, today I'm overwhelmed by the love and generosity, like Adam said, of, um, of, of what you guys have, have done for us and, and given to us, whether it be finances, prayer, uh, things of that sort. I guess um, just trusting us uh, to do something like that is, is an overwhelming feeling of responsibility uh, for me and I know some of the others. A uh, couple things yesterday uh, for me um, were, one, the biggest thing was just the smile on kids' faces. Um, every time I walked through the, the shoe tent, um, I cried. Um, that, that's, a, that's a tough. The first year I shared in the first service, the first year I got to wash feet, and uh, give kids shoes, uh, what was that, three years ago, we did that. Uh, I thought the kids were going to have to pray for me because I cried so much. Um, you know, we were supposed to be praying with them, but, man, it just, it, it just hit me like a, like a ton of bricks. And uh, that was just an op- awesome opportunity. And, and to see people in here doing that, um, you know, uh, that really touched my heart. And to see smiles. Um, Another great story, and these guys will have some, is at the, end of the, at the end of the day, we're packing everything up, and we talk about the outreach in the community and, and things that, um, that go on. And I turned around to gazebo, and I see these two people standing there beside the gazebo, and I'm like, I know their faces, but they're not from here. These people were garbed up in their disciple gear, like hats on, shirts, and then it dawned on me that these two individuals, husband and wife, they go around to, they follow disciple wherever they go. And I'm thinking, man, I know they got the message that it was canceled. And I'm like, what are you guys doing here? And they're like, <clears throat> we love this place. We just came here to vacation for the week. And I was like, man, I was blown away by that. Like, we're gonna, we've already got the week planned for next year. They came, stayed in the Hawking Hills all week. So... Not only in the community is there an outreach, but it, it, you cannot believe the stories we have of, of outside the community. So uh, that was pretty awesome. So thank you all for that. Uh, good morning. Uh, so uh, I just want to thank Antioch for all the donations, uh, book bags, school supplies, um, those that uh, donated their time with the trailers, helping us cart stuff back and forth from the building and, and the trucks. And for those uh, like Ron that uh, were volunteering for the blood drive, helping register people, we just really appreciate uh, everyone coming together. Um, I, I guess what I want to share is, uh, you know, I have, uh, um, we were from originally from the Columbus area until we moved down here a few years ago. And, and I was sharing with, uh, share with my friends back up in Columbus area what, what happens down here during the Move the Hills. And they're like, well, who, who put that on? And I'm like, well, uh, it's the, the men's group, but it's really made up of at least 10 churches that I know of. And uh, they said, 
you mean all those churches participate? I say, yeah, well, this church does this part, and this church does this part, and this church does that part, and, and we all come together, and we minister to the community. And I says, um, you know, that, that to me is, is the biggest blessing. And uh, just to watch, uh, you know, churches in unity, uh, brothers and sisters in Christ minister to the, the, to the community, uh, you know, with the intent of the community, you know, not what we get out of it. And uh, anyway, uh, just to get to see folks walking through the lines and sharing and talking with people and whatnot, that's just, it's just awesome just to watch how the community of, uh, you know, brothers and sisters of Christ come, come together to, to reach out. Yeah, I'll just echo that. Um, so we had 31 people that donated blood yesterday. That's 93 lives that will be saved um, from sacrificial giving from people right here in this community. Um, I'll share a couple brief stories um, that just stuck out in my mind and, and will stick with me for a long time. Um, one was um, we got home, and, and Danielle and I typically try to debrief afterwards because in everything that's going on, we don't have a lot of time to say, can you believe this happened? And um, one thing she shared was um, there was a grandmother that brought her um, three kids that she had recently uh, filed custody for. And she just found out about Move the Hills a couple days before this event happened. And, and she desperately needed shoes. She needed backpacks, school supplies, everything. This was a, uh, you can imagine, taking in um, three little kids as a grandmother. Um, and she was also there for um, uh, her friend, who was another grandmother, who took in a couple kids uh, recently. So this is two grandmothers who are raising five kids and they don't understand or, or have the resources to be able to help them um, the way they need to. And so one of the little girls was super excited, huge smile on her face, and, and just shared that now she doesn't have to wear her grandma's shoes that clearly didn't fit. Um, and so that was like sobering, a reminder of the impact that this ministry has. And it's um, through volunteers, through your giving, through your prayers, through your support, uh, otherwise, this, this wouldn't be possible. There's not 20, 30, 40 guys that could pull this off. It's just not the case. Um, it takes unity. It takes a group effort. Um, Dave, big Dave McManus, some of you know Dave. Um, this is his first Move the Hills. He's been coming to out of the boat for a few months now. Um, and he volunteered to help with the blood drive. And um, he went outside to take a little break, and he sees a guy, a young guy, mowing grass. And uh, so Dave just walked up and said, hey, how you doing? My name's Dave. Man, it's super hot out here. Can I get you a cold bottle of water? And the, and the kid's like, man, that would be fantastic, you know. So he got him a bottle of water, and he told him about Move the Hills and what was going on. And uh, after Dave was done volunteering at the blood drive, uh, he walked down to just check out, just to see what it was all about, just the kids and the, the outreach and as he's walking through the line, greeting people and talking to people and bringing water to them, lo and behold, Michael, who he just met, was standing in line to get shoes. And so we had an opportunity to minister to him a little bit. And he's an 18-year-old kid. He just signed up for the Marine Corps. Um, but you could see the, the pain and the disconnect and the hole in his heart just right through his eyes. And so several of us had an opportunity to pray uh, for Michael. And uh, lo and behold, a guy that knows a little something about the Marines was able to encourage him. Um, and so you just see how God times and orchestrates all of this. Um, but, you know, 
Isaiah 117 is the verse that the Lord led me to. I try to focus on a different verse every year for Move the Hills, and, and this is the one that he focused on or sent, I know specifically for me, and it says this. It says, learn to do good. Right? We're born with a sin nature. Doing good is not natural to many of us. It's a learned trait. You have to practice it. So learn to do good. Seek justice. Rebuke the oppressor. Defend the fatherless. And plead for the widow. There's a lot of verbs in there. There's a lot of action in there. And that's one thing I appreciate about this church and about Move the Hills is um, we are about action. A lot goes on in this building, and that's great, and it builds us up, and it encourages us, but then we go. And uh, I hope and pray uh, that we never grow tired of that. I ran this by Brian. He didn't have a sermon, so we're good. Um, and they devoted themselves to the apostles', apostles teachings and a fellowship to the breaking of bread and prayer and awe came upon every soul and many wonders and signs were being done to the apostles and all who believed were together and had all things in common and they were selling their, their possessions and belongings and distributing them to the proceeds to all, as was needed. And day by day, attending the temple together and breaking bread in their homes, they received their food and glad and generous hearts, praising God and having favor with all the people. And the Lord added to their numbers day by day those who were being saved. Um, so we hear I hear a lot and I wish we could be like the church in Acts 2 and Acts 4 that was a church in Acts 2 but every year we're asked to come and speak which is great but I find it odd because in all reality we should have all been there so you don't need to hear it from us There's many churches in this valley that helped out. Um, as always, Antioch has always been the, the church with the, with the most act. Uh, you guys have always supported us the most um, with finances, but also um, with volunteers. I mean, you ha how, many, how many elders do you have now? Nine. Um, I think five of them were there. Five elders from this church were there ministering to people. Um, we had one pastor there yesterday, that guy there, handing out water, living water, look at that. Um, so I challenged the guys uh, in group, and I've been kind of giving this question to many people, is if you didn't have any kind of time restraint, which means you didn't have a job, and if you didn't have any kind of money constraint, what would you do for this community? What ministry would you do for this community? Um, you know, pray about that. You can, you know, send your answer off to Brian or you can get a hold of me or Jamie. Um, 
because I'd be interested in seeing what that is. Um, but I love seeing the body come together um, like we do on Move the Hills. Um, but I always kind of sit back and think, man, this is great, but these kids are going to need shoes here in a couple more months. Um, the backpacks, they'll probably last them through the year, but the school supplies are going to run out. Um, so we as a body of believers, um, we need to do better. We just do. I think we're called to do better. I mean, we found out a couple weeks ago there's 100 kids within the school system that's homeless. Uh, I don't, in our community, the Lord places in this community to do ministry in this community. Um, so I'm very thankful for everything that this church has always done for us and supporting us. Um, I want to challenge you. For any of you who have ever longed to be part of the church of Acts 2 and Acts 4, let's do it. We do not have an excuse to continue to sit around. There are plenty of things going on in our community that we can continue to grow. There are plenty of people out there that are lonely. There are plenty of people. We talk about this all the time. It's almost like God's given us a softball. You go and talk to people, they are so receptive, especially with what's going on right now. But just a simple gesture of shoes um, can brighten a kid. I mean, it was amazing. Um, so, so again, we, I want to thank you uh, for always supporting us. Um, looking forward to next year. Uh, the amazing thing about this year is God blessed us just as much this year as he did in the past. We could have put on a full concert, although we didn't go and, and, and meet with a bunch of different churches. We didn't go after businesses. But we were getting donations coming in from places where we've never had donations before. We were able to hand out more shoes than what we normally do. We were able to hand out more food than what we normally do. Um, and that was a cool thing about this um, this year was it wasn't the big show, so it wasn't all big and fancy production, but it felt more intimate. It felt like we had an opportunity to talk to more people and have more connection from people. Um, the people in line were more receptive of people talking to them. Uh, the kids seemed to be more receptive. The parents were more receptive. Um, I really think that there were a lot of seeds that were planted. I'm excited to see where those go. Um, you know, all those kids that left got Bibles. Um, it was, it was a good year. It was a different year, but it, it was a good year. Um, and, uh, you know, praise God for months ago, we thought we weren't going to be able to do anything. Um, but the Lord put, uh, a believer in the, um, health department who supported what we did and helped us out and become, and putting a, a, a plan together where we could do what we did yesterday. Um, God placed him there because he knew what was going to happen. Uh, so it was just it was small things like that this year uh, that happened that was just, um, it was really cool to watch and see. So, so anyways, thank you uh, for everybody who, who volunteered. Thank you for everybody who's given um, you know, your time and effort and uh, looking forward to next year. A couple things real quick, and then we want to hear from some of you. Uh, I shared this last night when we were wrapping up at the building, but uh, I, hopefully I won't embarrass her this morning. But as I'd walk through the tent area where the shoes were being given, uh, Riley Fraunfelder and some of the guy's daughters were working in a tent, and they would literally walk up. She'd be like, hi, how are you today? 
Like she had, she does that better than any of us. And that's one of those things down the road that, you know, we'll all be gone someday and we hope that you keep that tradition going and you keep doing that. And uh, man, I, I cried two or three different times when I saw that. And then the, the next thing is, can you get down and stand by Richie, please? The next thing is, is uh, next year's event will be on the 14th of August, and we're looking at two stages and 12 bands, <laughs> and, and Adam Shine's going to take care of all that for us. Yeah, thank you, Jamie. Uh, we don't tell him what we're having. We just, we just tell him, here's what we got, make it work. But I know uh, he didn't show up to first service because we thought he had a stroke. Um, but um, so he does he does a great job for us and, and it's just like it was I shared in the first service when I looked down at this keyboard and I didn't touch it again Aaron wherever you're at um, it takes every knob to make that sweet sound and that's what it took yesterday from all of you I look at that thing and I'm blown away and I'm going I'd like to turn that and that but I'm like now nah, I'll stay on my knob um, so anyway August the 14th next year we've already got couple bands already committed and solidified so we'll we'll proceed like we normally do um, <laughs> sorry but anyway enough from us uh, I want to open it up uh, before I give it back to Pastor Brian um, we want to hear from you uh, some of you that were there yesterday would anybody like to share something from yesterday I'll bring the mic to you it encourages us we like to hear those stories because we can't hear them all they're all impactful so is there somebody you'd like to, to share something this morning? Anybody? I feel like Phil Donahue. So yesterday when I was giving out shoes, in the shoe bags there was Bibles in it. And I told the little girl, there's a little girl and her mother, and I told her, I said, there's a book and there's a Bible in here. And... Um, I got down to her level and I told her, can you promise me, can you pinky promise me that you'll always remember that God loves you? She said, yeah. She got up and was walking to the next station and said, mommy, guess what? I got a Bible. And she said, can you read it to me when we get home? So that was something that I just thought that that was one of the seeds that was planted in that little girl's heart that could grow up and she could share all these stories and just know I met I was introduced to God at the Move of the Hills thing, and I want to continue this and share with all these people. There you go again. I think I get tissues. <sighs> Anybody else from yesterday? Anything that touched your heart? Anything you'd like to share? It was toward the end, and we were... It was one of the last families. I think we, they were coming up as we were cleaning, and there were multiple kids. And we found the shoes for a little guy, and um, he wanted to go over to the gazebo. I don't know if he was interested in what Adam was doing over there, but um, he came back down the steps, and he said, Hey, you know this book that's in here? And he wasn't talking about the Bible. It was a the book it was a John. And I said, Yeah. And he said, I've read that before. And I said, Oh, you have? He said, yeah, but that's okay. I'm going to read it again. And I thought, absolutely, you go home and, and, you know, you have your mom read that to you. And he was so excited about it. Um, so, 
you know, sometimes when you hand out little Bibles or little books like that, you sometimes think, oh, they'll just, you know, put them to the side. But this little guy was really excited about the book and reading it again. So um, those little nuggets of things that you think people may blow off, they may, but they may not. So. Anybody else? How you feeling this morning? You were down on your knees a lot yesterday. God is good. I just praise him for everything that happened yesterday. I was one of the ones that was lucky to be in the tent and hand out shoes and pray with these kids and meet the families. And uh, what a blessing it was to pray with these kids. It just amazes me the way uh, our community comes together and puts us together just to minister to all these these people out there, and also I, I thank uh, thank God for this group uh, of men who love the Lord and want to see the gospel move. The, as I was handing out um, shoes to this uh, one family, they had a service dog, and I asked them if they had a church. I asked just about everybody if they had a church that they went to, and uh, this lady said no. Uh, with my service dog, we used to go to a church, but they don't allow animals in it, so they they couldn't go to the church anymore. And I, I told them, well, come on to Antioch. I don't think that uh, we would put them out. I would hope not. Uh, no, I talked to her later. She's like, a guy down there told me I could bring my dog to church. I was like, yeah, bring your dog to church. <laughs> I was going to ask you about that. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Praise the Lord, because yeah. I told her to go talk to you. Yeah. But uh, don't be surprised if uh, a family shows up and they have a service dog. And, yeah, that was something unique that I'd never heard of or even thought of somebody having a service dog. But they asked about our, our youth group because they had a teenage uh, boy, and uh, they were interested in us, and they, they may show up. Praise the Lord. Also, one other thing. Um, I was talking to my sister this week, and uh, I had the opportunity to share the gospel with her, and she accepted Jesus Christ. Amen. So I, I, I just praise the Lord because he is such an awesome God. Thank you. Praise the Lord. What a week for you, huh? You're going to need a nap today. Anybody else? Talk about talk about it all the time and down out of the boat, but JTB uh, James, what's his last? What's that? Steepleton. Steepleton. Uh, James Steepleton. I don't know if you know him, but man, that guy. We call him JTB because he's like John the Baptist, and he'll just go after you. And uh, I I was sitting there handing out waters, and I and he was standing there, and I handed waters to a little girl. And, and he said, hey, are you ready for school? And the girl's like, oh, you know, I don't know. He's like, he's like why, why, why just then? He's like, she's like, well, I'm a little bit scared about, you know, what to do. And he's like, well, let me, he's like, let me tell you a verse that I, I go to when I'm scared. And it's that God works all things together, the good that, that love him. And if you love Jesus, then he's going to work it out. And he just, and, and she walked away different. She walked away straighter and, and more confident. Um, and, and I just, I love watching all these guys, all, all of you guys uh, just, you know, 
from, from a pinky promise that made somebody may come up to you in heaven someday and say, hey, I, I made a pinky promise with you a long time ago. Um, to, to JTB, to, to, you know, just all these people, um, just loving people like Jesus and, uh, and, and just going after it and just love watching it and being part of it. Anybody else before I give it back to Brian? All right, thanks, everybody. Got too many mics, I'm turning on. So before we have the, the worship team come up, and in fact, in fact, if you guys want to go ahead and come up, uh, I just wanted to share a, a little bit of a, a story. I, I was walking down to, to move the hills yesterday, and I got a call from a friend of mine, Rick DeVore. And I, some of you I may have mentioned, too. Uh, he's, he's Mike's cousin. Uh, and uh, he's a friend of mine. He... Uh, actually lived up where I grew up, and I, I grew up with his kids. His kids are real good friends of mine, and he was one of the adult leaders that used to take us places. I've stayed in a bunch of hotel rooms with that guy back when I was 15 and, and a little crazier, and, uh, and he always loved me good. So, uh, But his family's from Gore, and so he moved back home, and we connected and hang out every once in a while. And uh, I've had some of you praying for him, though, because he has pancreatic cancer. And, uh, and so they've been doing radiation and chemo, trying to shrink this tumor down um, to remove it. And a few weeks ago, he went to have his surgery, and they op- opened him up. They had a big incision and they have to remove, take out like a lot of his internal organs to get to the pancreas to be able to even do it. But after about an hour of him being back in there, they had to close him back up because they found cancer on his, on his liver. And, uh, and they said, well, we can't do the pain. We got to re- completely rethink our whole game plan because now, you know, now this cancer is spreading and it's on his pancreas, which is scary enough, but now it's on his liver. And, you know, it's just, it's not looking good. So we're going to have to just close him back up and start over, you know, figure out a new plan. And uh, so, you know, he called me. The, the next morning, and, and he was really discouraged, and uh, he said, you know, I just don't understand what God's doing, and but just just keep praying. I know God's God got a plan in this, and and God's going to get glory through this one way or the other. And uh, so I was walking down to move the hills yesterday, and uh, and he called me on the phone. And he said, "You're not going to believe this." He said. Uh, I was sorry. I was at the oncologist a couple of days ago, and we were talking. And I was in there with the nurse, and she was saying, "We got to figure out what the plan is and what we're going to do." And she said, "The oncologist will be in in a few minutes. He's got to go get your report and look it over." He and she, and so she went out. He said a few minutes later. The oncologist, the, the nurse, 
a bunch of nurses come running in and they're like, you're not going to believe this. That cancer on your liver is gone. There's no cancer there. Um, she, he said, he said, it just turned out it was just a, a like a spot on your, on your liver. They, he said, we sent it out. It came back that it was cancer, but, um, but there was just something in me that was saying, you need to run this other test. He said, I never run this other test because it never does any good. It never changes anything. But there was something saying, run this other test, run this other test. So I ran it. And he said, I've, I've had five other oncologists look at it. You don't have liver cancer. We don't know what happened. We can't explain that. And, uh, and yeah. And, uh, and so Rick said, Rick said, well, I understand it because when you know the God that I do, he, he said, then you know what happens. to live. And, um, and he says, and I know the reason why you decided to run that other test, he said, because I know probably about a thousand people that are praying for me right now. And, uh, and he said, and they're all praying. <laughs> Sorry. Well, um, he said, he said, and they're all praying for you. Uh, I, we're, Matt and I are going to have a contest who cries the most today. Um, yeah. But uh, he said, because they're all praying for you, they're all praying that God would give you wisdom. And, and so that's why you read that other test. So that was just really cool. Uh, yeah. Um, but, but the other cool thing he was saying, he was like, He's like, all these people that I work with that aren't Christians are, are calling me. And, and he's like, the, the president of my company uh, called me. And he, and he said, my, the president of my company is a Jew. And he's like, Jewish. And he said, like, prayer works, man. He's like, uh, he's like, this God of yours. Like, you know, like, it's just, it's a testimony. And the other thing Rick said, which was, he said, he said, when he cut me open, He's like, if they would have just done the surgery and taken the tumor off my pancreas, doctors could have been able to say, well, I did that. You know, we had the plan. We followed the plan. We, I took the tumor out. He's like, none of the doctors can explain this except for God. And he's like, that's the testimony. So he's like, maybe, he's like, maybe you could tell that to your church and encourage somebody with it. And I said, well, it turns out... There's a, a girl in our church right now that's going through a tough time with, with uh, cancer. And she just heard some news that wasn't real good. And uh, I was like, so I think that could encourage her that you can get the diagnosis one day. But that doesn't mean God's going to do something different a couple of days later. So that's cool. Wow. All right. So now we can worship. Because we have a God that is worth worshiping. And uh, so we're going to do that. So let's stand and worship. Uh, So the last service, just a few minutes ago, uh, we had a great time of worship, great time of hearing these testimonies that you've heard and and some more. And, uh, you know, when... (laughs) When we go in between services, usually like Brian or, or one of the others, el- other elders will kind of talk together about what happened and, you know, just like super encouraging. Like, you know, Brian came and talked to me. He's like, so, 
you know, we're going to, what are we going to do the next service? Like the same thing? Do you want to change? And we're like, uh, you know, because we don't want to manufacture something. And that's never the intention. Uh, but we also don't want to lose the spirit moving in, in the services. And um, so that being said, I started thinking about um, what Brian has been uh, praying before worship for the last, I don't know, four or five, six weeks, something like that. But almost every time that he's prayed before worship, he said that we would all worship in spirit and truth. And there's scripture that says God is spirit, so his people must worship in spirit and truth. And it's kind of a weird scripture to, to try and wrap your head around, and I'm not going to pretend to fully understand it. But I started thinking about what is worshiping in spirit and truth just as I was standing back there in, in this service. And... Um, you know, spirit in, in the Bible is sometimes translated as life and breath. And, uh, and that quickly took me to the, the scripture where Jesus says, I am the way, the truth, and the life. So what we need to do is lean into Jesus right now. You know, we've heard Jesus moving in so many stories this mor- just this morning. That's the truth that we need to worship in. That's the life, the breath, the spirit that we need to be worshiping in. And so as we worship this morning, don't think about yourself. Think about the God that has healed this man. Think about the God who has given hope to all these children through a pair of shoes. And, and if you can still put yourself in that place, just work on your heart a little bit more and say, God, we should be falling at your feet and serving you 100% in spirit and in truth in everything that we do. Let it be worship to you. Uh, so let's, let's worship together.
something we can't do without you. And Lord, I pray that we would just bow before you. And that we would lay our lives in front of you. And I said to the, the congregation in the early service, if you can't say it is well. But you desperately need Jesus Christ in your life. You need the hope that Jesus brings, the healing, the restoration that the Holy Spirit can do so that you won't live in fear. And though the world may be collapsing around you, you can stand firm and say, it is well. God, we need you today. Continue to fill us this morning. Continue to give us your wisdom and your hope. Lord, as we hear more of you, it's in your son's name we pray. Amen. Well, I, uh, I, I swear I wrote a sermon and I have a sermon today, um, but I don't think we'll get to it and that's fine. Um, uh, Bethany wanted to actually share a, a testimony. And, and when she's done, if you have a testimony, if God's doing something in your life, doing something, showing you something, bringing you through something, uh, we want to give you the opportunity to, to let you share too because I, I think it's important to just do this. It doesn't say anywhere in the Bible that a preacher has to preach a message. It, this is church. So, uh, so let's keep it going. Well, God knew that you were going to be crying a lot today, dear. <laughs> so, um, sorry for the scratchiness. Um, but thank you guys uh, for the last um, three weeks. Uh, you guys have been praying for me um, and for my family. Um, but uh, over those three weeks, it has been um, just a really awful journey. Um, I got tested. Well, no. Let me start. Yeah. Okay. I thought I had strep throat. 
So I went to urgent care and they swabbed and it came back negative for strep and they go, you have COVID. Um, in fact, uh, my doctors were so sure that I had it, they were willing to bet their paychecks. Um, but the test came back negative and they're like, well, it's, it's a false negative because you have every symptom. And so, um, uh, but as soon as they said COVID, of course, Brian quarantined me in our bedroom. And um, he, he was the only one allowed in our room. He had a mask and gloves right at the door on the outside. So he'd mask up and glove up before he came in. He had hand sanitizer. He even had spray disinfectant. I mean, we're talking, yeah, I think if he could have found plastic to put over my doorway, he, that would have been there as well. Um, but uh, I just kept getting, no matter what the doctors were giving me, I was just getting sicker and sicker and sicker. And of course, you know, they say rest and fluids and, and that will help. Well, uh, it got to a point, was it a Saturday night? I think it was. It was a two, geez Louise. See, that tells you how sick I was. I have no clue what day it was. Um, but it was a Tuesday night, and the night before, he had actually, um, I had started hallucinating, and he had actually slept in the hallway outside our bedroom door because I was, I, I was afraid that, like, I was going to get up and not know what I'd do or anything, and so... Um, but that Tuesday night after that had happened, I was like, my fever was almost at 104 and I knew I had to go to the hospital. So I texted him and I was like, you got to take me. And it, it was to the point, I didn't think that I could even get out of bed to walk. I almost had him call an ambulance to come and get me. Um, Thankfully, though, uh, I was able to get out of bed enough, and he's, like, trying to help me, you know, I'm in pajamas, and he's trying to help me get down the stairs without actually touching me or, you know, because he doesn't want to get sick, and then I give it to the kids. And, um, but uh, when we got to the hospital, because he, he called them beforehand to let them know that I was coming in and that I was a COVID case, um, when we got to the hospital, I could not walk. Uh, he had to go in and get in a wheelchair. And so he wheeled me in, and I am sitting there, and Sherry Miller was on duty, and she's like, you look like death. And I said, I feel like it. And I could barely get anything out. But as I was sitting there in that wheelchair, because I could, I could not move. I could barely breathe in everything. All that could go through my mind was, I have COVID and I'm going to die tonight. Because I couldn't, we couldn't get my fever down. We couldn't, I, I knew hallucinating was a bad sign. And, um, so they took me back, and as I'm, as I'm thinking through all this, um, 
once they took me back, Brian went out into the car because um, you're not allowed to stay in there. Turned to find out later he went home. <laughs> I'm, I'm literally laying. <laughs> he says he has to go to the bathroom. I'm like, I think they will let you in for that. <laughs> but, um, but no, I was literally laying there. They got an IV in me. And all I could think of is, I'm 39. I'm going to die tonight. My, I'm going to leave my husband. I'm going to leave my three children. I said, and how, how all I could think of is, God, how are you going to explain this to them? Because I couldn't even explain it. And so as I'm laying there, all I could literally get out was just, please, Lord. And I am so dehydrated, I didn't even have tears. <laughs> I, I'm just, but I'm laying there just going, please, Lord, please, Lord. Because in the Bible it says, when we can't think of the words to pray, the Spirit knows what to pray for us. And I had no clue what to pray. Because on the one hand, I'm thinking, I'll get to see Jesus. And on the other hand, I'm going, Lord, I can't leave my family. I, I can't do this. And um, I finally um, apparently got enough fluids in me. I texted Brian and I told him what, what was going on and, and the doc, what the doctors were saying and, and stuff. And uh, it got to the point where I could... I texted him and I asked, I said, Did, have you like told my mother any of this? Called any family? I'm like, do we have people praying for me at all? And he's like, well, it is about 1 a.m. So no, I haven't texted or talked to anybody. I'm like, thanks. So um, I had enough of a voice that I called my mom because when you're in that kind of a situation, you want your mother. If they won't let you have your husband, Next best thing is your mom. And so I called my mom, and I'm like, Mom. I said, I'm in the hospital. And I said, and, and I'm, I'm going to die tonight. And my mom was like, no, you just, you feel like you're going to, like you're going to, you know, you're not feeling well. You're going to be fine. And I said, no, Mom. I said, I'm going to die tonight. And I said, and I love you. And I said, I, and as I'm talking to my mom and telling her this, just, I had such peace come over me. Peace that no matter what happened, whether that was my night to die or not, that God was there with me and that no matter what happened, my family would be okay. I would be okay. And there's just nothing that can explain that kind of peace. I mean, I, I've had friends who have dabbled in Buddhism and, and Catholicism and everything else, and does it give you the peace that having a personal relationship with Christ can give you.
There is nothing that can describe that. And so as I'm laying there thinking, at first I was like, great, Brian's going to have to plan a funeral. I mean, I, I was already six steps ahead. I am, pre- I am a prepared kind of person. And um, so all I, but I'm like, and I'm, it's supposed to be a party. That's what I wanted. And I'm like, how is that going to be a happy thing? And, but, uh, actually after the first service I was talking and Matt and Sean said that if anything does happen to me, not a problem, they've got the party under control. (laughs) But what I really want to share and I want everybody to know and to understand is that in that moment, in that time period, and even as I stand here, I can say with certainty that it is well with my soul. And if you can't say that, then talk to me, talk to somebody. Because that's the only way we are going to survive this world and this pandemic. And I also encourage you, because we don't know when our time is, we don't know the hour or the day that Christ is going to come back, Sean challenged us. If you didn't have the issue of time or money, what would you be doing? Why weren't you down at Move the Hills? I was down there for about five minutes. I didn't want to touch anything. (laughs) Just for that reason. Everybody looks at me, hears me cough, and they're like, oh my gosh, she has COVID. Um, But why weren't you there? We have so many opportunities within our community, within this church body, to reach out to people that there is no reason that this entire valley can't know for certain the peace and love and relationship with Jesus Christ that I have. But it's gonna take all of us. And we need to be that Acts 242 church. Um, But one thing I wanted to read is, it's actually in Colossians 4. In Colossians 4 too, it says, devote yourselves to prayer with an alert mind and a thankful heart. Pray for us too that God will give us many opportunities to speak about his mysterious plan concerning Christ. That is why I'm here in chains. Pray that I will proclaim this message as clearly as I should. Live wisely among those who are not believers and make the most of every opportunity. Let your conversations be gracious and attractive so that you will have the right response for everyone. That needs to be us. We need to pray for the opportunities to share our stories, to share our experiences because nobody can take my story about how I knew I was going to die and still had peace about it. Nobody can take that from me. And nobody else can tell that story. 
And now I'll turn it over to you, babe. Who went home? All right. Oh. Yeah, I had more peace than she did. I, I like, yeah, I did. But, but yeah, she got, she got in the car and was like, I thought it started like crying and was like, I thought I was going to die. And I thought like, oh, that was worse than I thought. Just sort of typical husband. Like, I thought, you know, anyway. Anybody else have anything they want to share? What, what, what's God doing? How, how's God showing up? Anybody else have anything? All right, well, if Aaron and Donna want to come back up and, and close us. You know, it was interesting. I was talking to a guy that's a friend of mine this, this week. He's 89, uh, but I've gotten to know him over the last few years. But he was, he was just saying how scared he was. Uh, he, he said it's a scary time. And, and he was actually saying uh, that the thing that scares him most, he said, is cancer. He said, I'm not really worried about my heart or, or anything. He's like, and I know I'm 89 and I'm not going to be around long. Um, and he's like, he's like, but it just kind of scares me. And, uh, and I, it was just cool. I was able to share. I, I know different people in my life that are facing death right now because of illness or, or whatever. Um, and yet they're strong and smiling and, and not worried because they, they know their Savior, and, uh, and they know the one that's conquered death. So what do we have to fear? But anyway, uh, if you stand with me, we're going to close just in worship.
else have anything they want to share? Last call. This is Revelation. Then I heard a loud voice in heaven say, Now have come the salvation and the power and the kingdom of our God and the authority of his Messiah. For the accuser of our brothers and sisters who accuses them before our God day and night has been hurled down. They triumphed over him by the blood of the lamb and by the word of their testimony. We have stories and stories and stories of God doing things. We have wonderful stories of a wonderful God and the blood of Christ that covers all of our sins. And the accuser has been cast down and the way that we trample on him is by the blood of the blood of the lamb and the word of our testimony. So let's take the testimony that we've been sharing in here and take it out there as we see this world come to know Jesus. Have a great week. Love y'all.